Welcome to No Heart Left Behind's Hope in the Heart of Family Life podcast. I'm your host and executive director of No Heart Left Behind, Alicia Stickles. If we're honest, family life can be hard. Family can be our greatest blessing, but also the source of our deepest wounds. At No Heart Left Behind, we have a passion to empower families to thrive with the Word of God and the love of Christ. So each week, we're going to have real conversations about hard issues facing families today. It is our hope that you would be equipped with practical tools based on biblical principles for when life happens and relationships get messy. In other words, how do we flesh out all those Bible verses we know when life isn't looking like we had hoped? If you're in a season of family life that feels hopeless or you have a heart to navigate the challenges of family well, but just don't know how, you're in the right spot. So whether you are driving in your car or checking off one of your honeydews, pop in those earbuds and come find hope in the heart of family life with us. Hey friends, in today's episode of Hope in the Heart of Family Life, I get the privilege of sitting down with a girl named Blake and her husband Jeremy to talk about Blake's mental health journey with anxiety and how it has affected them as a couple. Blake and Jeremy are Louisiana born and bred. Blake is the best-selling author of the book Confessions of a Crappy Christian and the host of a top Christian podcast that bears the same name. She is a Jesus lover, a coach for creators, and your ultimate hype woman. Blake and Jeremy have two beautiful girls, and they are friends that feel more like family. So I can't wait for you to hear this very real conversation about anxiety and its impact on their marriage. Often, podcasts focus on the individual who struggles with anxiety, but what I love about this conversation is it shifts the dialogue to help encourage those living with a spouse who has anxiety. Jeremy provides insight and practical wisdom based on his experiences with Blake on how to best support a spouse with anxiety. I know you will be encouraged through this conversation, so let's jump in. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Jeremy and Blake, thank you so much for being here with me today. We're so excited to be here. Thank you. (laughs) So I don't know where to start because you and I, Blake, we go way back to like (laughs) eighth grade. Um, You were in my little Bible study. I know. I know. And now like our families are very intertwined. My parents are your children's godparents. Yes. So intertwined. And your girls love my boys and vice versa. Yes. So, yes. So that's good. And then, but the other thing I was thinking about was the fact that you are a huge reason why this podcast even exists. I went through your insiders class, which is now kind of morphed. I don't know if that's the right word into run your race, which is just all about, I mean, you can describe it better than I could, but just really all about helping people use their gifts and talents, um, for the glory of God. So, right. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty, that's a great summation of it. It's like the, the technical and the spiritual elements of starting any kind of ministry platform or business and how to do it. Everything from like time management, or in your case, like how to start a podcast to how to deal with negativity and how to manage your time and stuff like that. So it's pretty all encompassing. We open it a couple of times a year or like once a quarter. Um, and yeah, you went through that 
program or a variation of that program. And that's, that's how we're here today. Yes. So, and I have to say, like, I mean, it was just, it was awesome, you know, especially like the whole, you know, spiritual Christian side of balance and doing it for the glory of God and the lies that we battle. Cause that's obviously the hardest part mm-hmm. is getting through all the head stuff to starting yep. something like that and like chasing a dream or something that you feel like God's given you. Yeah. And then Jeremy. <laughs> so <laughs> you came along much later. <laughs> I did much later. And I feel like if we lived in the same city, you and my husband would be like BFFs. Y'all kind of already are anyway, but we're long distance BFFs. Yes. Like we would for sure be juggling our time trying to spend time with you guys <laughs> versus each other would you know we'd probably find it easy to find time for each other <laughs> you guys like it might be a good thing that it's, we don't live super yeah, it's close probably, yes i agree it's we would get healthier this way probably yes we would get in way too much trouble so um obviously what we were going to talk about today is just you guys um journey with anxiety. Uh, you know, a lot of times we talk about, you know, mental health and Blake, I know that's something that you're very passionate about and just managing that and it not being so taboo. Um, but I think sometimes like in the context of marriage, like I really want to talk today some about how, how it affects your marriage and how, you know, Jeremy for you supporting a spouse that struggles with this, because I think sometimes maybe we've not, not forget that side, but just, um, I don't know. It's not talked about as much. Yeah. It's really not talked about as much. So before we do that though, why don't y'all tell us a little bit about how you met, you know, all the fun stuff. So we both went to church together. Um, we were actually in a small group together. Blake was dating someone else. (laughs) And uh, as soon as it, uh, they broke up, I just immediately, like the same day, I think. um, (laughs) You didn't waste any (laughs) time. Swoop right in. Right. I'm a little older than Blake. And, you know, I failed to move quick enough in the past. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to let that happen again. And it may not work out or whatever, but uh, I'm going to, I'm going to swoop in quick. Yeah, I got the like, hey, just wanted to let you know, like, I'm here for you. If you need anything, if you need to talk, if you need to not talk, like it was that whole. Very slick. It was super smooth. But I didn't think that he, I genuinely thought it was like a friendship thing because he's seven and a half years older than me. And I was, I already kind of had a crush on him, but was like, there's no way, there's no way. What would he want with little me? Thankfully, he I was wrong. in for the date, like the same day of the breakup. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very stealthy, Jeremy. <laughs> and everyone else kind of knew what was going on after a church league softball game. Yeah. We were walking back to the car together uh, in separate cars, but we were walking together. And uh, later we found out like there was people behind us like, hey, hey, what's, what's going on here? What What's this? What's that? I don't know what it is. Everybody was really excited <laughs> was about cool. it. Yeah. yeah. And nice. so, um, so yeah, so we started dating uh, and then we was- dated for a year, got engaged and got married five months later. Yep. Yeah. How long have y'all been? Y'all been married, what, like 10 years 10 now, years. right? 
Yeah. You just celebrate, did like a vow renewal thing. Mm-hmm. I just remember your outdoor wedding being the coldest. Oh my gosh. Wedding. It was so cold <laughs> and it was, wasn't supposed to, I mean, it's Louisiana, so you just yes. never know, but we got married on the water. We got married like on a dock by the yes. water. And I remember my dad, I spent the night at my parents' house, the, you know, the night before the wedding and my dad came in and woke me up and he was like, I just feel like I need to let you know that it's 45 degrees outside. <laughs> I was like hecka pregnant too. Yes. Like out to pop. And mm-hmm. so I was like, I was even cold. I mean, pregnant ladies don't get cold. And I was like, oh my gosh. It was so like cold. my bridesmaids went and put jeans on under their dresses. for the reception. <laughs> like It was so cold, but it I was mean, the best dance party ever. Oh, so true. So true. So, but. I mean, that's what getting outside and getting married outside in Louisiana is. Yep. So, um, okay. So Blake, I wanted to dive in a little bit, just briefly, maybe kind of talk about, um, you know, your journey with anxiety and, you know, what that's been like and just in, in the context of sharing that with Jeremy. Yeah. Uh, I, there's not a time in my life that I really don't remember anxiety, not being an element of my existence. I mean, I can, I can actually still remember the first time I saw the sun go down and then come up and hadn't gone to sleep because anxiety can manifest in a whole list of different ways. My dad's an insomniac and I thankfully inherited that from him. Thank you, pop. (laughs) And so, um, I was just always really anxious, but pretty good at hiding it. Uh, my mom tells this story of the first time that they ever realized I was really anxious. And it was like, we were walking. Do you remember Camp Old, Old Hickory? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was my first summer at Camp Old Hickory and I'm walking up the gravel and I like let go of her hand. I think I was like eight, walked over to the side, threw up, came back and was like, I'm kind of nervous. And my mom was <laughs> just like, what is going on? Um, so didn't really manifest as like a super anxious kid. And I still today meet people and they're like, you don't seem like you would have anxiety. And I think that that's a important part of the conversation as well is that anxiety doesn't always look like rocking back and forth in a corner, you know, like, especially if you have high functioning and you learn to just, there's an element of it. You just have to be able to push through. And so I, I don't know, I guess when we got together, by the time we got together, I was medicated. Yeah. Wasn't I? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, medication helps for yeah. sure, but for a lot of people, it's not like the end all be all. So it wasn't something that eradicated my anxiety. Um, more of a management tool. Yeah. It was more management than anything. And so I don't really feel like like we ever had I don't feel like it was like a, Hey, I have anxiety conversation. No, I I think he's just perceptive and was like, Oh (laughs) yeah. Jeremy kind of, when did you first like pick up on? Cause I was the same way. So this is like solidarity, solidarity sister, because like, I mean, I've talked a lot about, you know, Carrie is in the same boat as you, Jeremy, just, I have had anxiety since like before it was a thing to have anxiety and it wasn't really talked about. I definitely wasn't medicated. And I think at this point in my life, I'm like 40 something. So I've just gotten so used to like managing it and working through like my would manifest in panic attacks. I mean, there's always that underlying anxiousness, but sometimes it would get really bad where it was very noticeable that I was having a panic attack. Um, 
But anyway, I didn't want to tell Carrie at first. I I hid it for a while. Sure. Um, I don't know why. I think I was just embarrassed. Maybe? In the, yeah, we do that in the beginning, you know, with anything. I hid, I hid my nicotine addiction from Blake for months while we yeah. dated. Uh, I just wouldn't do it around her. Um, and talk about creates anxiety. Uh, No, but, um, you know, I kind of started noticing small things, you know, like she didn't like big crowds, um, you know, and, um, my family's giant. So (laughs) anytime hanging out with my family, you know, it was like, you could just kind of see her change a little bit. It, It wasn't like bad. It just, she, she wasn't as comfortable right a little bit she goes introvert which is very strange for her especially when you're in a small group setting Blake is very extrovert at that time and so um you know I didn't I mean the first panic attack was probably after we were married I think think. so I mean that that you witnessed right right that's what I mean we didn't live together before we got married and so it was relatively easy to, like you were saying, I don't feel like I, I don't feel like I remember actively hiding it from him, but it was just, I don't, I, did I even, I think the first panic attack I had was definitely after we got married. Yeah. Maybe even in our second house. Mm, No, maybe so. It could have been. Yeah, it could have been. Um, and so, you know, I saw little things here and there, but kind of like you, you know, I didn't know much about anxiety pre-Blake. And I didn't know uh, much about anxiety, depression. I didn't know about, uh, you know, any of these things. And and my family being classic family didn't talk about any of those kinds of things, you know, or struggles. Shove it down. (laughs) Yeah, we didn't go to doctors and, you know, we didn't, we just, you know, we didn't do those kinds of things. We didn't even really honestly talk about our feelings a whole bunch. And so that was a big deal for Blake and I, you know, when we first started (laughs) dating and when we first got married was talking and like talking through things. Um, But the anxiety kind of came along later. And I really, you know, I remember the first time experiencing her having an anxiety attack um, and how to deal with that and how to like, how can I help her? Yeah. I was going to ask you like, so, I mean, I I think we talk a lot about like what it's like someone describing having a panic attack and what that's like. So I'm curious, like, what is it like for you either at first or even now, like as her husband experiencing her panic attack, like, what does that feel like for you? Sure. So my personality is in some ways, really good for it because I'm very um, melatonin, um, uh, monotone. Calming. Yeah, calming, whatever you want, however you want to call it. Um, and so like, um, I d- that's not great in excitable moments, uh, you know, whenever <laughs> I try to get excited and everything. But in these times, you know, when Blake is struggling, um, it comes really into play. And, you know, I tell the, the short story, um, you know, pre Blake, I didn't date for a long time and I was a, a completely different person previous to that. And it wasn't until after we got married and we really 
experienced the ups and downs that anxiety can cause that I was able to search inward and look and see that, yeah, those times were a struggle for me because I was a single person for, you know, six or so years uh, pre-Blake, but God was really shaping me to be able to handle those moments, yeah. that are, you know, to handle them in the best way I can for her to help her recover from that situation yeah. or just deal with it while it's happening. Yeah. So what could you give us like some examples? Like, so when you say help her handle it, like what, sure. what kind of, what does that look like to help her? And Blake, you could chime in here too, if you. Sure. The first thing, you know, just being outside looking in is like, there comes a point when you need to let the anxiety attack happen. Um, hmm. Fighting it, um, which Blake can attest to, um, you know, she has fought them for days and like holding it back. And sometimes you just got to let it happen. It's going to be, you know, the next hour, you're going to be exhausted afterwards, you know, it, but like you trying to hold that back that whole time is, is really hard. It makes it worse. It does. And yeah. it makes the recovery period a lot worse too. But for me with Blake, you know, um, I noticed really fast, like a, as being the personality type, I, am, I can't fix it. Like, yeah, I, there's nothing I can do to stop it from happening make or it go away. to make it go away or any of those things. And so, first of all, that's like, that's the big thing. Like, yeah. I can't do anything. And it might not even be anything about me or anything I did. It's or very rare. I mean, I don't know if it's ever been, but you can't fix it. And so, yeah. the other thing is just a support thing. And so, for Blake, you know, especially early on in our marriage where we didn't have children and stuff, I would just go in like a lot of times she wanted to sit somewhere as cool. So like the tile floor in a bathroom or something, <laughs> I would just go in and sit with her. And sometimes I would rub her back while she went through it, you know, and just being there, being accepting that this is okay. Like, this time is okay. And yeah. We're going to get through this. Um, sometimes I didn't even talk. We never even talked. Um, I just would sit there and be with her essentially. That was the biggest thing. And like I said, sitting there and not saying, what can I do? How can I help mm -hmm. you? You know, like overstimulating someone who is already right. You know, a very overstimulated. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, if it was okay, sometimes I would rub her back slowly or I'm just being there you're, yeah. you're really yeah you're really good at like creating a safe place for me to just like lose it yeah honestly. like because sometimes you just need to lose like yeah to, like properly lose it and I never felt like he was judging me I've never felt like it was a inconvenience or a burden and sometimes I would even say that I felt like I was, but I knew that I wasn't, you know what I mean? And I remember that I can, I feel like I can remember or the first one that I do remember you being present for, he went and got me a glass of water and I was like, how did he know to do that? Like, that's yeah. so helpful. Yeah. And, and another thing is like, I think a lot of people well-meaningly will like pummel you with truth. Yes. I don't, I, I can't hear you. 
Yeah, I you can't, can't hear, even. I can't hear you. I can't hear anything. This, all of this truth will be very helpful in an hour or two. Yes. Remind me of it then. But for now, like my body is l- revolting against me and I'm just trying to like hold on to the earth and make it through. Yes, I know. I I remember like, you know, my mom or somebody, they would give me scriptures and like, obviously I love scripture. Right. <laughs> but Same. like in the moment, like- I just think there's something so powerful, like what you were saying, Jeremy, of just presence. I mean, I don't know how you feel, Blake, but it's just like when somebody is there just in it with me and a lot of times they don't even have to say anything, just letting, giving me space to, like you said, freak out and knowing that they're there in it with me. And that's just a, that's a total God thing that I don't do that. (laughs) to her during those times because no training or there's no classes, you know, a support person, but I am really bad about, you know, I'm, I'm a fixer. And so, well, you're a man. Like, I mean, if if she's struggling in other ways, I'm like, well, let me tell you the truth about that. Or that's great. It is, it is. But in those moments, like, you know, I I've never done that. And that's only by the the power and grace of God, because yeah. I, I am very much that other person um, in other scenarios. And so um, it's just like you said, it's that presence. It's being there. Um, like he'll let me say the most insane out of pocket things <laughs> and just be like. And I know in his head, he's like, well, we'll address that later. I don't mean like about him. It's usually about myself, you know, but it just like like he said. Wherever I am, whether it's laying on the bathroom floor or curled up in the fetal position in bed, he's just there. And you do a really good job of picking up the slack. Yeah. Because there's inevitably, especially, you know, as a mother, like there have been times where I'm everybody's home and I'm, I can feel one coming on and it's like, we don't even have to communicate. I'll be like, I need to go in the back. And he's like, all right, I got it. Awesome. And I can go back there and I know that like the girls are fine. I don't want to have a panic attack in front of my five and eight year old. Like Mm -hmm. that's yes. Like I think our kids should see us struggle and should see us have emotions, but I think we can take that too far. And so, or even like panic attack hangover, you know what I mean? Like he'll, cause I'm worthless afterwards and he'll pick up the slack and get the house picked up or get the girls ready or whatever. So I think that's another big, yeah. Way, it's helpful. almost like it's almost like Lamaze, honestly. <laughs> yeah, you get in there and it's like the, what I'm looking at. I'm just like, I might not even say something. I'll just start trying to do deep breaths in front of her. Like, mm-hmm. you know, come along with me here. Like, let's let's. We know the exercises now. We got some some good information later in our marriage. I say later, but maybe a year or two later. Uh, like she actually has a workbook somewhere but at the time we would literally sit there and just hey let's deep breaths and you know and I'm not even saying it I'm just doing it sitting right in front of her and I know that she's like she sees me doing it she's like okay I can do that I can you know that that's the least I can do right now to try to help myself you know recover from it and yeah um it's just you know like a Lamaze where you, you're, you're about to have a baby. There's nothing I can do to fix that. You know, <laughs> yes. it's coming, it's happening, you know? Yeah. And so it's a holding hand. It, it, it may be, you know, the lightest touch or something like that and breathing. Through. And I love what you said, Jeremy, because it is so much about like 
drawing on, you know, listening to the Holy Spirit in that moment and just being attentive to what your spouse needs. Because I mean, just listening to you, you know, I feel like helping somebody that is in the midst of anxiety is so um, contrary to what your our go-to is, kind of like what you described. Like, you know, as a as a man, you want to fix it. I mean, I I'm, you know, I would want to fix it. Um, yeah. you know, you have to have patience, you know, because a lot of times those things don't um pop up at a convenient time. Absolutely. And so, like, you know, fighting the urge to get angry or frustrated in the moment, especially when those anxiety attacks come at a time that's inconvenient and you do like you just come home from work and now you got to jump in and be the kids it's really an testament to great like grace and god because i am the opposite of that in almost every other scenario you know i i grew up with a lack of patience um i don't have a ton of patience um I want to fix things, you know, all those different things. And so, like I said, I test those things to God really growing me pre Blake. Uh, and then uh, of course, daily with Blake, but to be able to, you know, handle that and be able to be in those moments and not try to make it about me, make it, you know, where I need to do something to help her, um, but just these few simple steps and just sitting there and being, you know, calm with her, no matter how big or, or little the, the anxiety attack is, Yeah. you know, and then you reserve the rest of that stuff for, for later, like, Hey, you know, then you can start speaking some truths and, and, and bringing in the, the other stuff. You yeah. Know? that yeah. she doesn't want to hear right. <laughs> right. during the moment. Yes, absolutely. So can you, um, I guess what I want to ask is like, how do you feel like, and this could be positive or negative, how do you feel like anxiety has impacted you guys as a couple? Like, can you think of a time like that sticks out where maybe it was really hard, you know, because I feel like some listeners are out there that, I mean, it it's, it's crippling their marriage on some, you know, some level. So I think we've been fortunate that it isn't, it hasn't come between us very much except for the times where, like I was saying earlier, how anxiety can manifest in so many different ways. Like it doesn't always just look like a traditional panic attack. And for me, sometimes it makes me a little ragey and a little (laughs) snappy. And so but we, I feel like we've grown to where I can, I recognize that in myself a lot faster. I think that just comes with age. Honestly, yeah. I see that in myself much more quickly now and can be like, Oh, hold on. I'm making you like pay a price for something that doesn't have anything to do with you and can apologize. And he extends a lot of grace for that because he knows that that's not me. Like that's not mm-hmm. me. That's not, not my nature. Heart. Right. I mean, but I, there was a, what year was it that, was it 2021? Don't ask me years. Okay. Um, <laughs> there was a, a period of like a little over a month that I was literally bedridden with anxiety. Wow. And um, 
like my parents had to move in with us and help (laughs) us like survive. And that was really difficult, but it's not, again, I think we've just been fortunate that it wasn't something that came between us. I never felt like you were frustrated with me. It just made it difficult for us to and it go- be married, you know, it, like right. normal. Yeah. And it goes back to like first her being the one with the anxiety, knowing that like, um, this is the way you were made. Um, it's okay to have it. You know, there's, there's no fault in it. There's, it can happen for any reason. Um, and for me as the support, you know, just knowing that, um, that, I'm there for her and that in those moments, like she may say something, um, but that's, I know her true heart. So it goes back to, to God. Right. And we're yeah. not called to be perfect. You know, we all have our, I have, I don't have anxiety, but I have my own faults and she extends me grace in those times. And I extend her grace in, in, in her times. But if anything, it's actually allowed us to grow closer Yeah, because Knowing those two things, knowing those things that I just talked about allows me to be even more for Blake than I could be. I could be just one of those guys who just walks out yeah, you know, and just is like, well, Figure I, don't, it out. I don't, yeah, I don't understand anxiety. Hey, I didn't grow up with it. You know, I never had it. I've never experienced an anxiety attack. Well, until our first girl was born. Um, but, <laughs> but, you know, I, I never experienced any of those things and I could have the attitude of like, well, look, that that's a struggle. I don't know anything about, so I'm going to back up and, and just let you do your thing. Or I could go in and not, I'm not going to say experience it with her, but be in those moments with her. Um, I think that those times have, you know, grown us so much closer because she knows that she can count on me when she's going through those moments, whatever that may be, whether it's just sitting there with her, whether it's taking care of the girls or, or whatever, you know, any, any other scenario you can think of, I'm going to be there for her. And so yeah. um, by doing that, you know, we we've grown way closer because of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it all attests to is just, you know, loving your spouse. Well, it's just another it's opportunity to do that. Um, Yeah. So Blake, um, how do you feel like, you know, we talked about some practical things that Jeremy does, like what are some practical things that you do to manage your anxiety? And maybe how do you feel like Jeremy is a part of that process? I mean, remembering to take my meds (laughs) and, um, I actually just a little over a month ago, quit eating gluten. Mm-hmm. And it has made a, I haven't had a panic attack in over a month. So wow. that's been really huge. But then also like remembering to eat and he's Definitely. really big about helping with that. And like, I don't drink caffeine. A lot of it is like external s- triggers or things that can be sources. Cause look, I can have a panic attack without any of that. Like I can, not drink caffeine and not consume triggering content and eat the right foods and still have a panic attack. But doing all those things definitely like, and work, I try to work out most days, like all of those things really lessen the impact. And then also like on a spiritual level, just learning that 
like God really is who he says he is and that he is trustworthy. And like, he's just, Jeremy's really good about reminding me of all of those things. Cause the reality is, is none of it is really anything he can do for me. Right. You know, I mean, yes, there's the occasional time where I'm frozen on the couch. I'm like, he's like, you need to eat. I'm making like some eggs or something, you know, like, and that's great. But for the most part, he's just really supportive and remind, not just reminds me to do those things, but reminds me why they're helpful and why I'm doing them. Going off that, I would definitely say too, that just kind of brought something to my head. Like as a couple, it helps the supportive side, knowing that Blake makes all the attempts that she can to remain healthy as well. Healthy in this way, you know what yeah. I mean? I mean, yep. we still eat junk food here and there. Don't get us wrong. <laughs> you know, we like we our have Louisiana. Right. right, exactly. We eat crawfish. But I just mean like, you know, I could see where, you know, if it's a couple, whichever one is experiencing anxiety a lot and and doesn't try to take those steps in uh like for Blake, we found that caffeine was a huge trigger for her. Um, it just kind of made her have, uh, a, you know, it makes your heart race and all these other things. And it would give her a false sense of having a panic attack, which would cause one. Yeah. And so we figured that out. Blake has done a really great job at stepping away from that. And so I, I literally would- said this morning, I was like, oh, I miss coffee. You know, mm-hmm. but I like still, I'm not going to drink it, you know? Right. And so I think, you know, knowing that she's also out there trying to better herself, you know, whether it be the, whichever person in the couple, but knowing yeah. that that other person is actually taking those steps as well. Like I'm, I'm over here trying to grow and what I can do to support you in those things when there's, you know, when, when anxiety pops up or, or just daily, whatever, but it also helps knowing that she's also taking some good steps in, in growth and health based around her anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in wrapping up, I guess what I would, you know, I just think about the listener out there that maybe just, you know, anxiety has just really played a part of either their story or maybe the way that it's affecting their marriage. If you, and I mean, you've talked a lot about this already, but um, for both of you, if you could just speak to that listener out there um, and maybe give them some encouragement or wisdom, um, what do you think is like the most important thing um, for a couple that has this as a part of their story? You want me to go? You go first. I think I would say as the party that is bringing the mental illness to the table, um, having grace for yourself will make it easier for the other person to have grace for you. And that is also vice versa. Like him extending so much grace to me makes it easier for me to have grace for myself and my having grace for myself makes it easier for him to extend that grace to me. And I think, I know we've both beaten that word to death, but it's because like it's for a reason. I think that yeah. that makes such an impact in this conversation where, you know, so much of anxiety is beating yourself up and not being kind to yourself. And so being married to someone who doesn't just extend 
you know, the traditional kindness, but like over extends that in a way that Christ does to the church. It really does like change the whole scenario. So yes, he can do all of the tangible things like rubbing my back and bringing me water and being quiet when I'm having a panic attack and picking up the slack. But at the end of the day, knowing that I'm not going to be like penalized, that he's not keeping records of wrongs or inconveniences makes the whole experience like I can survive this. Yeah. 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 Because I've also been with people like I, I've dated people who weren't capable of that. And it's right. that's that'll kill you faster than anything. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say, you know, to the listener out there um, that, you know, the first thing to remember is a you, you, you're a child of God and it's not spoken enough about in our churches because admitting you have anxiety means you're not perfect. Yeah. Right? Or maybe you don't have faith or something. Right. Which is all complete crap. Yes. And so, um, you know, that that's the first and the biggest thing is that there's so many people, you are not alone. There's so many people out there who are experiencing a lot of the same thing. We live in a crazy time right now. And, you know, if you watch the news enough, you'll get anxiety, whether you have I've it just or not. stopped watching yeah, <laughs> altogether. And so, you know, that's the first thing is that it's okay. Like you're okay. Um, you're still a child of God. You're perfect in his eyes. Um, and then of course, you know, kind of going back to what Blake said is, is the whole grace filled thing. Um, you know, the grace message is a beautiful message and it's i don't know how relationships survive even if neither party has anxiety without grace yeah let alone you know without god and 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 grace and let alone in these scenarios where it could be depression or it could be anxiety um a, a number of different things you know if you don't have the grace that um you do have it, you know, if you're a follower of Christ, you do have it. And so, um, yeah, that just pushes you to want to be a better support system for each yeah. other. And so, yeah, yeah I, th- I think that, that in a whole shell is, is what, what takes it, you know? Yeah. And I think another way to describe it, like in, in those moments, and that's what I've loved listening to you guys about is just it, you know, these moments are, like those moments where it's a complete dying to self, Mm. you know? And I think that's so important for somebody who's supporting someone with anxiety is that like in that moment, like, you know, it's a complete dying to self. Cause like what you were talking about is like, you have to be, you know, through the strength that the Holy spirit gives you, like you're able to die to your needs to fix it, you know? die to your impatience and all that. And it's just, you know, sometimes I feel like, you know, anxiety, God, God allows it to refine us. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We're made perfect through our weaknesses. Right. Yeah. So, you know, Blake's personality who knows how big of a personality she'd be if she didn't have anxiety. (laughs) That would be a menace. And so uh, we all have our own thorn, you know, whatever it may be. And so, and it's okay. Yeah. You just got to 
you know, keep remaining healthy and you know, do everything you can to remain healthy in it and be supportive of each other. I mean, it is a daily growth, you know, between the, the, the couple it's, you know, continual growth. There's no such thing as it shouldn't be this hard. Yeah. It's all, you know, life is, is work, you know, mm -hmm. marriage is work and, and, you know, doing it with Christ is still going to be work. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, to, to wrap up, I have like a little fun, who is more likely game. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, okay. Just a couple. Uh, okay. Who is most likely to do the grocery shopping? Blake does it Me. mostly right now. Yeah. yeah. All right. Who is most likely to know the lyrics of every song ever written? Jeremy Michael. I do. I do know a few lyrics. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What's your genre? Are you just like well, across the board? You know, having step parents, uh, I I had four parents growing up, and all of them listened to different music, and so I really like a lot of music. Yeah. Um, so it's very were, few genres. I'd I'd probably be easier to pick out the ones I don't like. Yeah. Than the ones I like. Gotcha. All right. Couple more. Who's most likely um, to strike up a conversation with a stranger? Me. Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy is a talker. Yes. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. I'm like hiding in a corner. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Last one. Who is most likely to give up on the argument? we've gone through seasons of this where it's been me and then we've gone through seasons where it's been her. Um, I would say through the bulk of the relationship, it was me, but I've gotten a little bit feistier as our relationship <laughs> has gotten some age to and it. And I've like chilled out. So now I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm Fine. like, oh no, 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 no. We're talking about this <laughs> now. <laughs> Man, also, y'all, thank you so much for coming on and just sharing your story with this. I mean, I just feel like it's going to be so encouraging to couples out there and maybe give them um, a path to help walk, you know, walk through it. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Thank you. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you so much for joining us on No Heart Left Behind's Hope in the Heart of Family Life podcast. We hope you felt seen, encouraged, and just a little more equipped to love your family well. If you want to learn more about No Heart Left Behind, be sure to check out our website, www.noheartleftbehind.com, or visit the link in the show notes. If you love the podcast, we would love it if you would follow us on your favorite podcast player. And if you love this episode, please share it with a friend. Your encouragement is not just for our egos. It really helps others find the show and encourages them to check it out. Mother Teresa said, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. So until we see you again next week, go home and be a world changer. Mm -hmm.